Before today's episode, I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and recognise their continued connection to the beautiful land and sea. I'd also like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and I extend this acknowledgement to the traditional owners of the land my listeners are on. Welcome to Ritual the Podcast, your cottage in the woods, a sacred space for the witches, the healers, the magical folk to meet and speak of wisdom, witchery and old world magic, where people come to learn, to hear stories, to share secrets and to be free to be their true selves. Welcome to Ritual. So today is a very unique uh, interview because this is the first guest I have ever had on that I have actually had to force to be here, Um, (laughs) which is always like makes me feel really good when I have to force someone to do something against their will. But here we are. Um, I have got someone very special to me. Um, She would be my absolute favorite witchy person in the whole world. And this, I think, I think she was also my first witchy friend, which makes her very special. Um, But today I have Michelle. Michelle is one of those people that is like freakishly talented at things and can do multiple things. Uh, She has her own business, which is not a witchy business. It's a PR business. So it's almost like the opposite But then she also is a healer and she's a reader and she has her own kind of witchy business. So she's good because she has like two different worlds and she can combine them together. And I'm very excited to have her here because she is the person I go to when I have questions. Like I think you should always have that person that you can turn to when you need answers. And she's my person. And she's also got a very unique experience with working with deity work, which we'll get into a little bit later on but Michelle welcome thank you for being here <laughs> thank you you finally got me on your podcast I got you. I've been it running me... and hiding from you since the beginning <laughs> it's been months of begging pleading and then just outright demanding so I'm, I'm here um, you're yes. here <laughs> finally are you good are you well I am well been yep. crazy with recent eclipse energy but yeah good. How did you go with it? Because last the last full moon, I know this is going to be in the future, but the last one we had was a full moon and an eclipse. How did you go? Like, how were you feeling through it? I thought I was feeling good, but I got bombarded every which way, you know, from spiritual things, corporate yeah. things, work, just everything sort of all collided at once. Yeah. Um, but I'm still standing. You made it. <laughs> Use that energy for some awesome divination and you know, self-healing and work, but it's been full on. What about you? I, You know what? I was actually fine. Like usually a full moon, as you know, makes me go a little bit cuckoo, but for some reason, what, what, what was it in? Was it a fire sign? I should know this. I should know it too. (laughs) Either way, whatever was going on, I actually felt really like clear and calm. And I like did all this journal work and it was really good. I don't know why if some, there was awesome, something though. going on, but yeah, I felt good. I mean, now I'm crying. So maybe it's the aftermath of oh, like. Oh, hit me later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, now, the first thing I like to ask people 
is, do you have a morning ritual? So this can be a magical one, a mundane one, or something kind of in between. Is there something that you like to do every morning? Yes. Mine is an in-between because, yeah. well, you know, I have millions of animals, not millions. Yes, you do. She actually does. <laughs> I have six cats and a dog. So when I first get up, there's no magical anything. They're demanding no. to be fed and looked after. So when I get up, that has to be done every day. But mm-hmm. once they're all settled and sorted, um, I come and I make myself a cup of tea and mm-hmm. I sit there and while it's brewing, <clears throat> I do a five-minute meditation just to start the day, to clear my head, get everything centered so yep. that I'm not a crazy mess, you know, first thing in the morning, which if mm-hmm. I don't do this, I find I am. I'm already running totally. a million miles an hour, too many mm-hmm. things going through my head. So I find that piggybacking routines works for me because I am. Mm. So while the tea's steeping or anything's brewing, I can actually do it then. Mm-hmm. Deep breathing, just a darkness meditation, nothing Nothing more than five minutes for that yep. part of that morning ritual. Um, and then once that's done, I will actually stir my tea and set intentions for the day so that yep. I'm already drinking my magical brew of whatever I want to bring in, whether it's focus, compassion, patience is mm-hmm. one thing that I've needed a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But, you know, setting that intention into my morning drink, tea, coffee, water, whatever it might be. Um, after that, I actually write a to-do list. Yes, I love a good to-do list. Need to have a to-do list. Otherwise, I fly off doing something else yep. and forget the the things that had to be done. But again, I try to incorporate my corporate mundane things and spiritual things as well. So if mm-hmm. I have to clean my altar, that's actually on my to-do list. I know yep. I should go to do that anyway, but I put everything on the list. It helps me feel accomplished at the end of the day as well. So Yeah, good. Um, that's probably where it stops in the morning, but I do mm-hmm. other things afterwards. Um, when I actually have gotten dressed and done the school run and all of that, I'll come mm-hmm. back a bit later. So mine's segmented, I suppose, to fit in yeah. with life, which it has to be because otherwise it just doesn't work. Pets, kids, work. I know. Well, that's the thing. I think people, they think that they should have this like two hour, like morning routine. It oh, has to be nice. Sweet. It would be so good. And I would <laughs> love, love that. that. <laughs> but kids actually don't care that you no. um, want to do that at all. That's and neither do animals. Is good because exactly. can, I've got to do this anyway. So I'll also do this. And, and you one- know, you're going to get it done. You know, yeah. it doesn't all have to be together. And I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves that they have to be like super witchy, magical, every morning but you go but that's just like not what life is like unfortunately it needs needs to be integrated you need to be able to have both and split it through the day if you're like us (laughs) with everything going on and you don't have that two hours um so I don't do my devotional work until after the school runs done and settled yeah sometimes I'll even check my emails first get the work stuff done and then I will sit at my altar and do some devotional work again just for five, 10, 15 minutes, yep. um, longer work comes in the evening once everything's done. But in that morning, they're all short, sharp. So I at least acknowledge my connection yeah. to everyone, everything. Yeah. I think it's good as well, because I think if you try and do everything together, you'll rush it as well. And you'll be so conscious of the time that you won't really have that proper connection. So I think by breaking it up, you go, I know I've got 15 minutes. Yeah. So I'm going to put in a proper 15 minutes rather than like a conscious, like what time is it now? Oh, shit, I should get going. Yeah, oh. Absolutely. 
But, yeah. but even that five minutes, it makes a difference because I know that in the past I thought, oh, if I don't have that hour to do a meditation or a ritual, it's it's not going to be worth it. And that's not the yeah. case. I think I found through my practice, regular five minutes makes a bigger difference than an ad hoc one hour. 100%. Daily ritual, putting it into place. I agree. Now, I would like to know, because I actually don't know if I know the answer to this, because Michelle, Ooh. how long have we been friends for? Long wow. time, yeah. <laughs> so long. It feels like forever. Forever. <laughs> but how how did you start your journey into witchcraft? Because I know you weren't always one. No. But how did it start for you? I think for me, it was when was it? It was before I started my own PR business. Was working for someone else, working in an agency, and just felt like something was missing. Yeah. And I couldn't put my finger on it because I'm married. I've got a kid. You know, we've got a loving family. It seemed I that should feel had, complete. Yeah, we should have mm. felt complete and it didn't. And I think what I was looking for was that deeper connection to not only myself, but the world around me. Mm-hmm. And it was, <laughs> it was actually our good old favorite place, Mystical Dragon. Yeah. I've taken my kid to dance rehearsal and mm-hmm. was aimlessly driving the back streets there just thinking I'm lost I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) you know searching for something and turns out you're actually being led somewhere and I found this little shop and I walked in and went oh my gosh I'm home Mm -hmm. and it was just like these tingles rushed up my arm and it clicked into place I mean there was a lot more after that in terms of studying and learning and figuring out what my path looked like but it was the witchcraft side of it was not anything that I had consciously sought out yeah I was missing something and then as soon as I had even you know found out that it existed other than movies it's like oh my gosh this is what I've been looking for this is how I build that connection Mm -hmm. um, to everything around us Mm. so it started that way and from there everything started changing and you know when you all these new witches will know that it's that excitement when you finally get into yeah. the flow and you start seeing things manifest and change and shift and it just builds. And I don't think there'll be a point where you ever go, oh, I've learned everything. I've no I know way. ever. It's just a continual process of learning and expanding and exploring, I suppose. Um, but that happened way back then. And it's been an exciting journey since then. I know. <laughs> Because then you met me and then everything exactly. just yep. so much shinier. <laughs> well, it all led me to you, Amy. <laughs> it was all leading straight to me. Yeah. Um, so were you interested in like any magical stuff before that? Like were you ever like a crystal person or like an astrology person or was this all it just happened like that? It all sort of just happened when life wasn't doing it for me anymore. It's just like, There's, this is nothing. It's not fulfilling. So it all sort of came in. And then I found out where my interests were and where I had, I suppose, a natural sort of inclination to go. So with <laughs> crystals, with sacred geometry, things like that. But we did have healers as family, friends around us. That, that So we were always open to it, but never sort of looked at it as in this would be my path. But like that's yeah. you over there and I'm corporate. This is what I do I'm a mm. um, yeah so it was interesting and then you know there'd been books handed over and here read this read the vortex that sort of thing and that sort of I think started that process of opening up to what what else is there yeah 
Um, what was it like when you told your husband, Sean, what was he like when you first said, this is what I'm doing? Surprisingly, he was all for it. I shouldn't say surprisingly. He's very, very supportive yeah. of anything I do. But it turned out that he ended up walking not the same path, so not a witchcraft path, but a healer path as well. Yeah. And he was already in animal rescue and very awesome person anyway. <laughs> but he took his own path down healing. So we've sort of walked this together and grown yeah. together and explored things. And it's it's great because the house is full of witch-related yeah. paraphernalia. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't had to hide it in a corner or lock it in a cupboard, broom yeah. closet, anything like that. It's yeah. just out in the open. I mean, you've been to our house. It's everywhere. It's it is like, literally everywhere. All over the place. And it's forever <laughs> growing. Every time I go to Michelle's yeah. house, I'm always like, ooh, what's yeah, this? this? <laughs> I'm like, look at this skull I found. Look yeah. at this rock I found. <laughs> You're like a little, like, is it a crow that collects things? Yeah, it is. <laughs> you are a crow. <laughs> I am. I literally am. <laughs> um, now, the one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on, obviously, because you know you're amazing, but yeah, you. you have had this really cool adventure into deity work. Um, <laughs> and the reason why I find it so fascinating is because I didn't really know much about them until you started, and I've kind of learned through you. But you have got this really beautiful connection with the Morrigan. And I know that a lot of people that listen to this, um, they're really interested in working with them. Yep. And I would love to pick your brain about it because it's like, I already know a lot of it, but it is very <laughs> interesting how it has all developed. Cause I've seen you kind of progress over the years and your relationship yep. like deepen and you've done a lot of study and all of that. Yep. So can you take us back to the beginning because you didn't always work with the Morrigan. You were no. like me where you had like a whole crew of people. Yeah, absolutely. So what um, happened? How did that begin? Well, going all the way back since before I met you, I'd been interested and drawn to the Morrigan, mm -hmm. but never really followed it through. Sort of mm -hmm. as I've been reading book, through books and, you know, learning about different energies, different deity, um, different pantheons. That was always one that I went, oh, there's something there, but left it. And so, like you said, we've worked with a huge crew in spirit, mm -hmm. <laughs> everything that we do. And it comes back to that not feeling quite right for me. And I was missing yeah. something, but it was God, a few years ago now, wasn't it? Everything yeah. sort of not fallen apart. I think that's the wrong word, but it had gotten hard. Life had yeah. got hard and there was a lot of challenge at the, at the time. And being a water sign, I was sitting there crying. Yeah. <laughs> and I heard, because I'm Claire Audie. Michelle is a cancer, by the way. <laughs> and I didn't really know much about cancers until I met her. And I will say that cancers are, and I, I'm quite comfortable saying this to her face, they are a little bit mental. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> so it's like they're not emotional until they are. And then when they are emotional, it's like, whoa, yeah, floodgates. So right. scary. <laughs> that, that hard shell. And it's not until you get under and with yeah. like, wow, it's very complicated in there. <laughs> it was at this squishy moment with that complication yeah. and the emotion. And I was just sitting here crying, feeling sorry for myself, which is not <laughs> ideal. And I know I've got the tools to get past that. So it's sort of that whole cycle of frustration. And yeah. Anyway. <laughs> And before I get into this, I will talk about the Morrigan, when she builds you up, it's through incitement. So she will actually rile you up to make change. Mm. Okay. So I just 
put that out there first because I think when I've told people these stories they sort of go oh what that doesn't sound right but I'll get into that more later but what I heard while I'm crying and sobbing was this voice this strong female voice saying your ancestors would be ashamed of you and I was like mm-hmm. what the fuck? <laughs> that's not very nice <laughs> that's what it was it actually snapped me out of it and I went who who was this because it wasn't um an energy that I'd purposely connected with, but I was wide open and mm. came in and was just, you know, why are you crying? You've pretty much, you've got this basically. I won't go into all the details, but it was that incitement that got my attention and went, who the hell are you to tell me yeah. that my ancestors would be ashamed? I'm going to prove to you that, that they would be proud that I've got this and yeah. sort of spiraled from there, but that's how it started. Mm. And then I started connecting. How did you know it was her? I didn't at the start. That's why I was so shocked. I'm like, who is this? Yeah. Someone's gotten through my protections and they're going to, you know, have a go at me. But, (laughs) but, you know, once I'd stopped the crying because I'd been snapped out of that, I thought, okay, now I'm going to connect in now. Um, And I'd already done a lot of work with channeling and all of that. So I, I know how to connect to those energies, but it was really finding out, you know, who are you? What what is this? And it, um, when I realized it was the Morrigan, I just thought, oh, okay, well, this is, this is going to be a bit scary because I'd read little snippets and I didn't know enough at that point. So yeah. first up, I'm like, oh, this is going to be scary. Yeah. Which, you know, it is at times, but it's also awesome. And I love it. I wouldn't change a thing about it, but um, yeah, connecting in and then actually going down that path of learning about the Morrigan. Mm-hmm not just sort of taking my experience as a standalone, actually yep. finding out who I'm dealing with and how is this relationship going to go? At that point, I didn't realise it would be such, you know, a lifelong commitment. It was just, mm-hmm. that, oh, you're helping me out of a tight spot. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Without knowing anything as to why. Yeah. And so, like, I think it's interesting that you say that because often people will connect with some someone and they do leave it at that and they go, well, this is what I get from them. Um, but with uh, what I've known from your journey with her is like, that was like really, really the tip of the iceberg because oh, once you started to learn more about her, it's like there were so many levels to her and Absolutely. what she, and her expectations as well from you. <laughs> like it's pretty full on. She's very demanding, but the way that we look at it is, the Morrigan is a goddess who won't do the work for you. Hmm. So she's actually not one that when you need help, like in that, in that sense of do it for me, yeah. that's not who she is. The way the Morrigan works, which I love, I'm sort of, you know, bring it on. Yeah, yeah. Person, is if you say this is the issue I'm having, she will clear that battlefield for you. It is a fresh slate, but you have to do the work to pick up the pieces, to yeah. rebuild, to grow stronger. And the way that we've looked at it in, you know, courses that I've done and the people I've connected with who also work with the Morrigan, it's like tempering steel. So it's a brutal process, but in the end, it's a much, you become a much stronger instrument for her to work with. Mm. And I I think when I hear people say that they work with her sometimes like, and I don't mean this in a, in a mean way, but I almost (laughs) laugh because I'm like, you seem fine. I don't think you're really working with her because I've seen the things that she has like done to you or put you through. And I'm like, nah, man. (laughs) Yeah. 
she's like I said, she's amazing. I'm in awe of everything that the Morrigan is. Um, one of the most complex deities that I've ever worked yeah. with, but one that affects the physical reality much more strongly than any other deity I've worked with as well. And as you said, you've heard my stories before, but um, things like she'll physically break things to prove a point for me personally. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. And so with your journey, you have actually dedicated yourself just to working with her. I have. So that's not something that everyone has to do when we're Why did you do that? Um, it just felt right for me. So in my journeys and discussions with the Morrigan, she had asked that I not work with other deities. And if it was an issue, I would have said no. Mm-hmm. that's the thing people forget you can actually have conversations and negotiations with deity if they say you yes. must do this you don't automatically have to say yes mm. it has to work for you so for me I said yes because I hadn't built a strong connection so I've got cats coming in yelling now that's fine <laughs> so they might jump up. um it's what was I saying uh you <laughs> hadn't built a strong enough connection yeah with, with one particular deity a sort of I'd learned about many and I'd, I'd always felt a bit funny calling on deity for anything. So I tend to yeah. work with the elements and directly with source for healing and so forth. Um, so when the Morrigan said, I don't want you to work with any other deity. And sometimes you think she might just be testing you to see what your reaction is. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it felt right to me. So I agreed to that. But with the caveat that I still want to be able to work with guides and elementals and with source for healing, because mm-hmm. at that point, I was you know, quite fresh into our healing journey and I had studied in Egyptian Orset healing. Yeah. And so that is now out of it. But I also work um, directly with source for healing mm-hmm. in a modality that's called light dynamics. And the Morrigan said, yes, working with source is absolutely fine. So dragon energy as well, absolutely fine, no problem. But that was a negotiation. I didn't just say, yes, whatever you want, because that yeah. is not something that you ever want to do with any deity. Just no, <laughs> you don't have to give up your power just because they are who they are. Like, I think they have more respect for you if you actually stand up for yourself. Absolutely. But it's about building that relationship as well. Mm. So that's what I've always, I think that's what's that weirdly with me and it's you know nothing against anyone who works with a lot of different deities because everyone's practice is their own and you know you have to do what's right for you what works for me might not necessarily work for anyone else so I would never say to anyone else you don't you have to do it this way because yeah no Um, but for me it's just that I absolutely love working with one it's and that's what I was saying it felt weird where you know, you'd almost take a deity off a shelf and go, I need you for this. Yeah. And I need you. That didn't sit well with me. And yeah. so I wanted to build a relationship with a single deity that I worshipped and honoured and worked with. Um, because if you think about it in terms of, so if you needed a favour from someone, right? I'll put this back on you, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> so you needed something because you, you know, you just needed help. If you go and ask a stranger in the street, I need this favor, mm. they're going to either ignore you and keep walking or they'll look at you like, who are you? Why, why would I help you? What mm-hmm. don't understand. But if you came to someone that you had a friendship or a relationship with, or some sort of connection, they're more than likely to at least listen first. Yeah, totally. <laughs> or, you know, if you came to a close friend, they say, yes, of course, I'll watch your kids while you go off and do this. But you know, it's not something a stranger would do. That's how I see working yeah. with deity, building that relationship. Yeah. And so before ever petitioning a deity or 
asking them for help with anything. I think a lot of it in my beginning as well was just devotional work, learning about them, you know, making sure that I was doing the work to strengthen my own self. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's it's been very rare that I've asked for anything. Yeah. But in the process of working together, I've been able to to build myself up to be quite strong with the assistance of the Morrigan, things like boundaries and all of that. Yeah, that's so good. It's so true because I do think that people have this like misconception that deities are basically like your free-for-all supermarket that you can just say, hey, I would like you to get me millions of dollars and a new boyfriend and blah, 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 blah. But they don't like care, you know, Mm. They, they don't, they're not there for that. And I think why like yeah you wouldn't go and ask a stranger a because like why would they but then also how do you know that you can even trust them like what if they go yeah sure I'll watch your kids and you come home and you go my kids are gone Gone. just gone you know so I think having that like stronger relationship it's so much more rewarding because you can relax enough to dive deeper and then they know who you are and how you work and you can form that working relationship together Absolutely. And the more you learn about the deity, you understand how they work. Mm-hmm. So the Morrigan is very effective whenever you do ask for anything or need assistance, but it's not in the way that everybody might appreciate. No, it's not sunshine so, and rainbows. No. So, I mean, someone who worked with a very soft energy um Kuan Yin, for example, love and compassion, you're, you're going to get a very, very different result than if you're choosing to work with the Morrigan. So mm-hmm. understanding their lore and their mythologies and how they work, not, not just by what other people have told you, okay? You've got to go back to that source and actually know who they are, how they work, because that actually helps you determine your own interactions with them and mm-hmm. whether you're getting a true interaction with this deity or if you're projecting onto to something else mm-hmm. because that's what you want to hear so <laughs> as we know with my experience with the Morrigan it's never what I've expected but no. it, is, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is in line with how she's behaved through those original texts and translations and you see the similarities of okay this is she incites this is what she does mm-hmm. um, things like that to build you up so this kind of ties in then with the question of what misconceptions are there about the Morrigan? Because I hear people tell what they think she is, but it often isn't the case. And I often find it's like the Hollywood version of her or what they want her to be like. So what are ones that you have heard a lot that you know are completely false? There are so many. (laughs) Yes, please tell. One that I cannot stand is that she's a sex goddess. Yeah. So there is one instance in the law where she has sex with her husband. (gasps) Shocking. (laughs) I know. So she is a goddess who's had sex. It does not make her a goddess of sex. No. That does my head in. I just can't fathom why that even got any sort of traction at all. Yeah. Um, Another one is that she's just about death and violence and revenge. Yeah. I've seen people almost hold her up and go, I'm going to be an absolute asshole and an abuser and then say it's the Morrigan. It is not. Mm-hmm. It's not that at all. If you think about, so she is a goddess of war, right, of battle. But when you think of it, it doesn't have to be military 
warfront. Like we each have a battle that we face every single day. Every one of us, it might be that, you know, there's mental health battles that you've got. You'd have to get up out of bed. It could be that you don't have boundaries. And that is a real battle for you to be able to stand up and say, no, these are the sorts of things that the Morrigan can assist with. It's about empowering and building you up. But she's such a complex goddess because she's not a single person either. Mm. Because the Morrigan is a name, but it's also a title. So there yeah. are a group of goddesses known as Namorinya, which the more you, you delve into this one, the less clear it becomes. I know. <laughs> There's a lot. in years of study just to, to really dig and delve into it to get an understanding of who the Morrigan is. Mm-hmm. And so how, since working with her, how do you feel like your magical practice has changed? How has it changed? It's, I feel it's become much more focused. So rather than just saying, oh, I'll do this, this, and this, it, there's always a purpose to the magic that I, when I'm working with the Morrigan, mm-hmm. um, so whether it's for empowering, clearing curse work, there's a lot into it, but it all seems to be almost the hard basket stuff is where, yeah. <laughs> where I, I put my magic now, um, especially in terms of the clients that I get with healing and readings. Um, there are people who need strength yeah and that's where she comes in Mm -hmm. and she's very powerful when it comes to change whether it's you know social justice and change in the world around us or that inciting someone to become stronger and step step into their own power yeah but it's it's very there's there's a strength there Mm -hmm. and how do you think you've changed then as a person because I feel like you've changed (laughs) a lot since working with her in a good way well I think even before I knew you I was the people pleaser the one that said was too sensitive and would I would never stand up for myself I would just play small be quiet which I can't imagine (laughs) just quietly (laughs) because you've seen me step into my power now yeah and I can hold a boundary and I can say no and without starting a fight I think that's the other thing a lot of people think with you're a smiling assassin you're always you're always here for a fight. And that's not the case. It's just that I won't take any shit now. Yeah. Because I know who I am and I'm confident in that and comfortable in my own skin. So I don't need to shy away from, from someone who doesn't appreciate that, I suppose. No. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's Michelle's my person who if I needed someone to come with a shovel, she'd be there. <laughs> she'd be like, it's already in the boot. It's already there. Done. I'm on my way. <laughs> And so then what would you say to people who want to work with the Morrigan? Like, what do you suggest they do rather than to say, I work with the Morrigan? What are, what are some things they need to put into practice or where they need to go or what they should do to form that deeper, proper relationship with her? Like, do you think she's going to go to them or can you go to her? You can go to her, but before I approach, I would approach her, I would learn about her first. So Like I said, not just any neo-pagan books, right? You want to go back to the original source law. Yeah. And so those are, you know, the Book of Invasions with Ireland because the Morrigan is an Irish, ancient Irish deity, not broader Celtic, very specifically Irish. So Mm -hmm. you actually also want to learn from native sources if you can. Mm -hmm. So where I've been doing a lot of my studies through the Irish pagan school. Um, and that's run by an amazing person named Laura O'Brien, who was 
working at one of the Morrigan sacred sites as her guardian. Wow. So an amazing person to learn from. And there's free content there. There's paid content. There's a six-month intensive course, which will lead you through to becoming a priest if that's where you wanted to go. but Which is what you've just done, haven't you? It is. Yeah. So I've spent a few years studying with the Irish Pagan School and just completed a six-month training program called, we call it the Intensive Meeting the Morrigan. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's quite funny because most of us would have our life blown up at some point because that's just what happens when you work with the Morrigan. Yeah. Pick up the pieces. We're we're rebuilding stronger. You know, we're seeing where the flaws were before that we could, we can fix. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the source law, all of the the ancient texts, there are books that have been translated. So Morgan Daimler does a couple books with about the Morrigan yeah. and it is very true to that source law. So that's the sort of thing that you want to look at before you read the other books. I'm not saying don't read the others, but start with those original stories because then you'll be able to discern whether what you're reading is in line with her true mythology or if that's someone's own experience. And again, Mm -hmm. it's not to invalidate anyone's experience, but just so that you can get a grasp of, okay, that's just what one person has experienced, but we know across the board, this is how the Morrigan behaves, the sort of thing to expect. Um, And then you can make your own judgments there. Okay. So start by learning. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's not one that you'd want to just call in for, for anything. No. If you were going to connect, it would be with an offering mm-hmm. going in as a, hi, this is me. What Just kind of offering? Uh, for me, she loves Irish whiskey. I've got <laughs> on my altar that sort of, I don't think you can see it there. She always has a goblet of Irish whiskey. Um, <laughs> I've actually found chocolate. And for me, I've had tattoos as dedications, which is down the track. Yeah. <laughs> and piercings. For life. Oh, yes, the piercings as well. Yeah. But in terms of just a nice offering, um, it's really whatever you feel, something from the heart in terms of offering. Yeah. What I find. So for me, I think when I started, it used to be a piece of my favourite chocolate that I wouldn't share with anybody in the household. So that was something really special to me, but I would quite happily put it on the altar for the Morrigan. Mm. I'll share with you. <laughs> I think it's funny how um, you said it's tattoos because that kind of like perfectly sums up her. It's like some people will give wine or fruit or water or whatever. And she's like, I want a giant Morrigan tattoo on your leg. Blood and pain. That's what I asked. Blood and pain. (laughs) And like, I'm not going to ask you to show it now because it is on your thigh. But she did get this amazing tattoo and you did bleed for it. It, there was blood. <laughs> but again, that was when I'd already done my dedication yeah. and signed a contract. So I do have a contract in place with the Morrigan for this lifetime. It's not something that I undertook lightly, but yeah, the tattoo didn't come until that point. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, now the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, and this is something that, you know, I am really bad at. Um, so I'm sure you can already imagine what I'm going to (laughs) say whenever there's something going on in my life and I'll like message Michelle, I'm like, my life is shit. And this is happening. I'm so sad. The first thing she always asks me is how's your protection? And I'll go, yeah, look, (laughs) I haven't done it in a while. (laughs) Amy says, I forgot. (laughs) I forgot. I know. I forgot. 
So Michelle is like my protection guru. I'll always be like, what do I need to do to make it stop? Yeah. So what is your, do you have like a daily protection? I know you do. What's your daily protection (laughs) ritual that you do? Daily or do you want to know about like all of my levels of protection? Let's start with daily and then we'll go to the levels (laughs) just to make everyone feel like, I should be doing more because that's how I'm going to feel. (laughs) Well, this started when way back when, like I said, I was that squishy emotional wreck all the time. So I needed a lot of protection because it wouldn't be, and this is something that you have to remember, protection needs to be a daily thing. It's not just if someone's coming at you or attacking you or sending psychic bad stuff at you. Mm -hmm. Because if you're sensitive to energies, even going to the shops, if someone's had a shitty day, you're going to absorb all of that. So you do. Yeah, I mean, you put a shirt on before you go out. You put shoes on. You need to put your shields up. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So shielding. And then this is something that should be done every day. And when you start, if you're new to shielding, check in on it every day or every couple of hours. I think when I started with shielding, I couldn't hold it. I hadn't built up those psychic muscles, I suppose, to hold it for a whole day. So it would be, okay, I'm going to leave the house. I'm actually going to create a shield, an energetic shield over me. And then I'm good to go. And then when I'd be out, I'd have to check in and be like, oh, it's gone. <laughs> Where yeah. is it? <laughs> and redo it. So in the beginning, it's that process and it, it builds it up. And the longer that you stick with it, you'll yeah. find the longer you can hold that shield until it's yeah. a full day and it's really just checking in, go, yeah, it's it's up, it's still there. And then the more, so for me, I actually have a triple layered shield because, you know, no one You're extra. At me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolutely extra. Um, and again, you don't need it's it's you do the shielding that you need. I yeah. like having triple layer of stuff because I've got a lot of people around me. When I'd started building my shields, I just needed that extra protection. Yeah. Um, so you work with what works for you. I could mm-hmm. talk for hours about shielding and all the different techniques and and how you could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to know specifics about my shield? Yeah, yeah. Tell okay. me. So three layers, right? Let me write it down as well. So So I don't actually work. A lot of people will say they'll use white light as a shield. I don't because in my experience, when I just had a white light shield, it acted like a freaking beacon. Yeah, I found that So I would have everyone who needed help would come to me. They would find me. And if you're in that headspace and this is what I want to do, I want to help, then by all means, yes. I just wanted to go to the shops and get, you know, loaf of bread. I didn't want all those people coming to me. Mm-hmm. So I started working with my first layer of my shield. It's like a crystal energy. And the way that I was taught by another healer who's amazing, she came to me when I was a blubbering mess going, everything's coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually visualize like a crystal sphere above my head, right? And I can send my energy up into it until it's coated in this crystal. So whatever crystal you want to work with, whether it's something that is protective I actually because this is because I'm layered and this is only the internal layer I work with something like a moonstone so come down and you use your hand to bring it down and you're imagining like a cocoon over you right yeah right under your feet it has to go under your feet don't just bring it over your head and go I'm done it can seep in yeah so the whole Mm. right under your feet and then I will usually sort of create a, a sphere of energy and what I found is that color will shift depending on what I need for that day. And even if I don't know I need it, so sometimes it'll be a really deep indigo or violet. And so I'll build that and then that goes around the crystals. 
I don't know if this is confusing or making any sense to no, no, you're good. other than me, but sometimes I'll build that and I'm like, oh, it's orange today. I wonder what's going what's gonna to come at me, but I'll it'll end up needing that, that color frequency as a bit Interesting. of a barrier. And then the final layer alternates. So it could be, I've had worked with mirrored shields before, yeah, um, which actually reflect anything back. Not everyone's comfortable using that. And I found that was actually quite heavy in terms of psychic weight, if that yeah. makes sense. So it was harder to hold, um, but I had used that for many, many years. But at the moment, instead of the mirrored shield, I actually use a raven cloak. So when I say that, it's picture a cloak made of these beautiful black raven feathers, and it's mm -hmm. a cloak that goes right over all of my coloured, beautiful crystal and light shields underneath, and then there's a hood as well. So I'm sort of hidden on that energetic plane as well. So I was actually going to ask you, this is more from a personal point because yeah. you have given me a cloak because yeah. I've been so like bad at it. This is my weakness. <laughs> now everyone's going to be like, let's get her. She's got no protection. <laughs> but um, when you they have that, that I look after you, that's <laughs> right. I've got backup. You don't want to mess with me. But when you have that cloak on, yeah. I always wondered like, does it kind of like cut you off from energy that you would always, that you would want to bring in because yeah. you are covered. Like you would think you'd almost be like an assassin's creed. Like you'd be sneaking past everyone, but I, there's some things you don't want to block. So they don't do that. No, that's your intention. So as you know, with any magic <laughs> intention is key. So if yeah. you're putting the intention that this is blocking anything negative, right. Actually, does it sort of program it that way that it's blocking right. anything, anything that's going to harm me, but anything else. And you're, remember, you're still aware of your surroundings. And that's mm -hmm. why these are shields and just like boundaries, they're not borders, they're not barriers in any way. It's really like you're holding an umbrella, right? Mm -hmm. Not getting rained on. Yeah. You can still see everything. If you stick your hand out, yeah. you'll get wet. You can still see cars crossing the road. So, you know, not to step in front of them, things mm -hmm. like that. So you're still aware of everything and you can invite energies in as you want, mm -hmm. but it's that you're inviting them in. Yeah. Nothing that isn't wanted can get through. Right. Got you. Yeah. So that goes on to a whole other magical consent thing. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this a whole space. other day. Yeah. Um, so, okay, with that then, just say you've had one of those days and it's yeah. been like a super shitty day, lots of negative people, you're feeling crap. What do you do? You wouldn't if you were shielding. If if you were like <laughs> me <laughs> and you hadn't, yeah. what would you do? How do okay. you get rid of it? So things like your crystals and clearing sprays are always really handy, nice, quick, easy fix when you get yeah. home. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, I would do a quick cord cutting. Yeah. Um, not a witch's ritual with the candles and the, the cord, an energetic cord cutting in terms of you can do it in visualization with, with a meditation. So, you know, visualizing you're in a violet pyramid of light and any cords that, or anything that's attached to you dissolves mm -hmm. as, soon as it hits that that pyramid mm -hmm. you can do it that way you can yep. do it with I use my selenite swords and physically run it around my body to just shift and clear anything good old salt bath yeah love a salt that one bath. can you know cannot be overstated you sit mm -hmm. in the salt bath but again it's intention like you know we all love soaking in that bath but it's the intention that the salt is cleansing your aura cleansing anything from it and as you let the bath water out all of that is going it is draining away yeah. so a lot of it is with purpose and intent 
mm-hmm. anything that you do. So that's probably where, and th- and that's your hygiene stuff, which you should be doing regularly anyway. Yeah. Even if you haven't been feeling like everything's got you. Yeah. It's just a nice thing to do. Yes. It yeah. is a nice thing. To and do, then, so that's my morning routine. <laughs> Have more at night as well. I As, as in protection? Yeah. Okay. So, oh, well, I'm going to ask you about your evening. Is that in with that? Yep. That can be in with that. Okay. We'll do that later. I'll wait. Okay. So one thing then, because you do like... You are a witch, but you also own your own business, which is not magical. Yes. Like you own your own PR business. So how do you mix the two together? Ah, well, see, this is what I was saying at the start. Everything's got to work together. Yeah. So I do use magic, not for my corporate work or clients or anything, but if I need to be able to focus more, if I'm having struggling or well, struggling with anything there, I've occasionally done a candle spell that is specifically for focus and I'll have it burning on my desk still emails calls no one knows it's happening but for me it's helping me get through the work um I will ask for divine assistance when I need to manage deadlines and juggling things like that um but even manifesting clients and work yeah you're good at that yeah (laughs) I've never for the PR work I've never actually advertised before so because of my um which part of my life started before I started the business as soon that was just how I started would put it out to the the universe Mm. that I need I need clients and it's really funny because even with um this is why it needs to be integrated it shouldn't be a separate part of your life I'll be sitting there thinking oh my gosh we've got bills to pay we've got all of this I really need you know some more money and it's gotten to the point where because I do magic as part of every single aspect of my life it comes in in that same day often I will get a call or an email and it might just be a small project fee or whatever Mm. it is rather than an ongoing client but it's enough to pay that bill that I needed yeah so manifesting work is really 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 good in any work environment too Mm, I love that because it's like you've worked that muscle that you just like flow together nicely where it's like I really need this there you go really need this there you go yep so if you've got to sometimes be careful what you wish for yes (laughs) because otherwise too much comes in that's I've had that before and then you become overloaded with work and be specific yeah, because I've also think, oh, well, I put it out to the universe that I needed this. It's come. I don't want to turn it away. So I'm in that. I don't want to be ungrateful. Yeah. So I take mm. the work and then have to do more spell work Stuff to help the me. consequences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to manage all those deadlines and all of the, the work. <laughs> um, okay. So let's go to the evening then. What yep. is your evening ritual? Okay. Evening ritual will be if I've got time, because again, not every day I have time. Yeah. Um, I would like to do a, a meditation or a journey. And for me, because I work with the Morrigan, that is my way to connect. And it could be that, and again, it's not asking for things. It's just going in, connecting. Just being there. Being there. So it could mm-hmm. be that that's the way that I de-stress from the day, decompress, um, just settle back into where I need to be nice yep. and centered. So yep. I will do that always journaling afterwards, mm-hmm. because even when you think, you know, this, if we've, <laughs> if you've done a meditation or a journey, you think you're going to remember it. And no, I never three days, even maybe even the next day it's gone. You totally. And it's really worthwhile. So you might have a beautiful grimoire that you journal in. I actually use my phone a lot of the time because I'll be lying down, do it 
and then think, oh, my book's in the other room. <laughs> I, can't so I open up the notes app on my phone and I'll type it in and it will be dated. And for me, that works. And sometimes yeah. I will go and copy it in if it's something that's been you know, quite significant or it's at least a, a keeping a track of, okay, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And then you might do another journey or a meditation down the track where you go, oh, that's happened before. And you'll go back and refer to it and you'll, you'll get deeper meaning from it. So that, the meditation and the journaling. Um, and then I actually plait my hair. My hair is really long. So if you can't see me, it's down to my hips. Yeah. Um, so I need to plait it so it doesn't strangle me. But yeah. <laughs> but it's actually part of my protection magic. So as I'm passing my hair, I will be weaving magic into it so that my energy is protected. Nothing can get to me. So this is something you can do in the mornings as well. I do it at night though. So Mm -hmm. you'll be plaiting it. And each time you pull another thread through, you'll have another intention that you're weaving through, or it might be one intention that you continually weave Mm. through. Um, each time so that's my nightly routine I love Um, that yeah and I'll also set protections on the room energetically but for me it's the the plait in the hair weaving is it like one plait or do you do two or how many do you do do as many as you want at nighttime I just do one I'll grab it all to the side because I can't (laughs) I'm incapable of braiding my hair beautifully it's a really mess it's so hard I can't do do your own (laughs) so I pull it to the side and it is not pretty it's not those Instagram perfect no. <laughs> just really knotted in there but for me it's woven it's secured and it's woven with that intent and that's something you can do even with your kids hair and things yeah like I remember doing for my own kid years ago in the mornings weaving in intentions in a braid um that they would be protected and all of that yeah which I didn't know that about you. Now I know oh. how you speak. Yeah, so if you see me with the plat. You've just woken up. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> or I've needed a bit of extra something. Cool. I love that. That's a really good idea. I'm going to do that because I do, I love not magic and I love yeah. when doing braids in my hair and doing that stuff. But I think at nighttime is a really interesting time to do it as well. That's good. Yeah. All right. Before we finish, I have five questions for you. Okay, here we go. The quick fire round ones that really get to know you. Number one, what is a movie you could watch a thousand times and never get sick of? And I feel like I know the answer to this, but I want to know if I'm right. I want to hear your answer first. (laughs) Is one that I haven't seen before and it really pisses you off that I haven't seen it? Oh, yes, it is. It's the labyrinth. Yeah. I could watch that every day. Oh, I haven't seen it. And it kills me that you haven't seen it. I know. Who's listening to this? Can you please leave a comment and tell Amy to watch the labyrinth? I know that you haven't seen it. I know, and I feel like I'm really gonna like it because I isn't it just like super magical? Oh, absolutely. I don't know where I've been, but now part of me is like, I don't want to just to (laughs) piss you off. You would too, wouldn't you? Yeah, no. When people tell me to do something, I go, no, and well, do the opposite. I did with this podcast, wasn't it? I no. know. <laughs> with my karma. We're the same. This is why we're friends. I know. Patty hates it because he's always like, try this. It's so nice. I'm like, no, I'm fine. He goes, try it. I'm like, no, I'm not going to. And he goes, oh, you're not going to try it oh, now. There's no yeah. point. <laughs> Don't ask me twice. <laughs> but yeah, the labyrinth. The labyrinth. Okay, cool. Um, what is a book that has changed your life? Oh, okay. This one would be one that I read 
as I was starting witchcraft, and it's not witchcraft per se, but it's called Outrageous Openness by Tosha Silver. And yes. it's divine order and working with the universe. And it's it's a bit different to the secret and all of that, but it's how it's it's how I manifest things. So Yeah. You said you gave that to me. Yeah, it's an interesting read. Very easy to read as well. Lots of yeah. cool stories through it. But cool. One, I would always go back to that one. Nice. Um, if you could be any animal for a day, what would you be? You know, it's a raven. Yeah. Absolutely a raven. Either yeah. that or one of your cats because you spoil them so uh, much. I don't know. They're all jerks. I love <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> I don't think I'd be, want to be one of them. They live the life, <laughs> especially Moose. She has Moose is a ragdoll, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. He's like the biggest, fluffiest beast in the world, but he's like such a king and he lives like a king. He does. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably want to be one of your cats. The, the garage cats move in. <laughs> yeah. So backstory, Michelle actually found a pregnant cat in her garage. And, yeah. <laughs> and then they had, oh no, they had, has she already had her babies? Already had, but already we didn't had. realize when we first saw her, we went and found them in a box in the back yeah. of the half restart, restored ute. <laughs> yeah. So now she has like a thousand cats because yeah. you can't give them up. I'd be the same. I would well, not be able to give them up. it was during lockdown and the animal rescues were all full and yeah. the council had not come to get the mama cat who was the, the regular stray around the area anyway. So we kept them all. Yeah. They're all indoors. They don't go out hunting, but they're very yeah, they're living spoiled. life. They're Absolutely. so spoiled. Like they <laughs> they have Michelle around their little claws. Yeah, which is why they get looked after before. <laughs> That's their magical routine. Yeah. Like let's wake the witch and she will yes. give us whatever we want. <laughs> and I will. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> um, all right. If you could travel anywhere right now, where would you go? Well, you know, I love my home and I don't go anywhere. I know. You're a bit of a, a hermit yeah. crab. We'll see that's that Cancerian in me again. But I would say Ireland because yep. there are sacred sites that I didn't get to see last time I was there. Yeah. Um, and top of the list would be Uvnagach, which is the Cave of the Cats and the Morrigan's Pit abode. So Is I that the scary you... hole you showed yeah, me? Yeah, it's a hole in the ground. <laughs> yeah. With tree above it. And um, I think that's what the Catholics there have called the gateway to hell. But it's a beautiful dark cave, which is the home of the Morrigan and the entrance to the Irish Otherworld. And wow. so I, that's where I want to go because it's not one of the sites that I saw. When I went to Ireland was before I was working with the Morrigan. So I went yep. to a lot of other sites that were connected with Bridget and even the Dagda, like Newgrange. Um, but I didn't see this one. And because it isn't on the big touristy map, Mm -hmm. it is a hole in the ground if you look it up literally it is a hole in the, the ground cats. it is awesome I cannot wait to go it's but on the my hole is so small it makes me feel so but it opens up into a it. cavern so you've got to slide sort of crawl in and slide in and get muddy and then it opens up so that would be cool it would be cool it's just the getting in there part that I'm like like could you just See, make the whole figure it's like an initiation you get past that fear yeah true yeah. And what do people say that they feel when they're in there? The other um, dedicants of the Morrigan that I've spoken to all just are in awe and no words. Oh, cool. <laughs> Lots of words, but no words. It's just this amazing experience. And she comes in very strong there as well. So cool. Well, you got to leave your house and go and do it. I will. I will. <laughs> um, and so, final question. Mm hmm. What does happiness look like for you? 
Okay. Happiness. I would want to say it's my home with my animals and my family, but I think it goes more than that because happiness is from within. So I think I feel like I could be happy anywhere. Mm -hmm. Is that a weird answer? No. (laughs) That's a good answer. Because it's, it's to do with gratitude that I am happy wherever I am and I'll make the most of it too. But yeah, if I had a choice of where happiness is, for me, it is at my home, mm-hmm. all the animals and all my witchcraft things yeah. around me. <laughs> well, that's what you've done. You've made a home that is filled with happiness, yeah. which is where it should be. Absolutely. The whole mm. home and garden, it's my sacred space. Nice. That's a good answer. See, you did it. You did it. You did it and you did well. So tell <laughs> tell everyone, where can they go and stalk you? Not okay. your actual address. I can give that out. I live. No. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I am the Halcyon Moon. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to find. I think Amy will probably link. Yeah, I, I will. I will. You can I find will. me there. Um, I'm always online because of my publicist work as well. So shout out. Say hello. I'll yeah. say hello. Michelle does um, readings as well. If you want to book a reading with her, she's very good. I as do someone who has had a reading from her. I can say, yes, you are a good reader. Thank you. She might make you cry though. But oh, that's a running joke <laughs> with us, isn't it? That I make everyone cry. Except me. I have oh, not no, cried you yet. <laughs> you haven't cracked me. She's my... made Patty cry. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Patty. I shouldn't laugh. That's no, fine. Um, but yeah, I read and do healings once a month at Mystical Dragon. So would love to do more, but the corporate work still, still yeah. calls me. So yeah, it's a nice balance. But go look her up. And if you want to book in a reading, you totally should. Um, But thank you, Michelle. Thank you for being here. Thank you for finally showing all your wisdom to the world. I told you, you would do an amazing job. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I will speak to you soon. And goodbye, everyone else. Bye. Bye.